Oh, by the way, April Fool's, this ain't the end. I'm the rooster and I'm going to prove it. Sky rockets at night. Woo! Afternoon delight. I will never interview you people again. I just went back to the toilet to relieve myself. Night so. I don't know how this thing got this far out of whack here. The whistle's gonna get their clothes on. The muscle in Japan. Rack and sack and you play for a tackle for a loss, baby. You're in the jungle, baby. It's in bad taste. He's beating a man with a rubber shark. An inflatable rubber shark. You fans can stick it, brother. I wasn't sure what that word was. Garment. You said a garment. Garment. I put in my apple pie. I have extra money tonight in case we run a little short. Nothing but disgust, disdain, and sarcasm. You know why? You want to know why? Hello, Nitromaniacs, and welcome to yet another episode of the Nitromania podcast. My name is Adam, I am your host, and I am broadcasting from the sidecar of a Harley on a meaningless road trip from Minnesota to North Dakota. This is episode 46 of Nitromania, meaning there is now one episode for every chromosome in the average human being, one episode for each official peak in the Adirondack mountain range, and one episode for each U.S. state in order of statehood up to and including Oklahoma. If you hear a small little voice in the background, that would be my child. Say hello. Hello. Thank you. Last week on Nitro, the Giant accepted Hollywood Hogan's challenge for the WCW title at Hogwild. The Leprechaun appeared and thankfully disappeared. The Dungeon of Doom continues to feud with the Horsemen for some reason. And Lex Luger still can't cut a decent promo. It is Monday, July 29th, 1996, and we are still freaking live from the Disney MDMA studios in Orlando, Florida. Next week is August 5th, which means next episode I'll tell you who my special guest is for the Hog Wild episode, but we'll get to that when we get to that. In the meantime, Tony screams us into existence and promises two title matches tonight. The Giant defends the world title against Arn Anderson. Wonder how that's going to go. And Rey Mysterio Jr. defends his cruiserweight title against Eddie Guerrero, who has a U.S. title match at Hog Wild. Larry comes up with a clever nickname for the NWO. Larry comes up with a clever nickname for the NWO. It's not. Tony then sends us to footage from this past week in Cincinnati, where Hall and Nash beat up Sting outside the arena. So they're still doing shows during the week in other parts of the country, but they travel to Orlando every Monday for a month and a half. That makes sense. Our opening contest this evening opens with a ridiculously heroic-sounding theme song for Mike Enos. He's an Enos. He comes out alone without Slater or Colonel Parker, and Tony tells us there have been problems within Rough and Ready, a team that debuted, what, three weeks ago? His opponent tonight is... Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Enos starts off on offense against Hacksaw, but Duggan reverses an Irish whip into the corner, gets hip-tossed, and then clotheslined straight over the top rope, meaning for two weeks in a row we get an opening contest that quickly ends in a disqualification. Except we don't, because it didn't, unfortunately. Enos finally takes his jacket off, and they play Irresistible Force versus Immovable Object. Enos gets backed against the ropes, Duggan charges, and Enos low bridges him, and Duggan goes over the top and to the floor, leading to the disqualification of Mike Enos. 
Of course it doesn't. Back in the ring, and Enos goes on offense again. Duggan throws six punches and connects with none of them, and Enos clotheslines him down. The crowd starts to chant USA because Mike Enos is from Minneapolis, and Zabisco says Duggan is drawing power from the chant. This power doesn't actually end up doing anything for old Hacksaw as he almost passes out to a basic reverse chin lock on the mat. Sadly, his arm does not drop a third time, and Duggan fights out. Enos chokes Duggan against the ropes, and then Duggan walks around making a goofy face. Well, goofier than usual. Then a double down. Duggan goes for a sunset flip and pulls Enos's pants down for leverage. That gets a two. The crowd chants USA again as Enos hits a suplex. Again, Mike Enos from fucking Tampa. Uh, Enos goes up top and Duggan avoids the splash. Duggan tapes his fist and punches Enos and pins him. The Pet Boys Power Pin of the Week is what just happened seconds ago. Gene is in the ring with Duggan. This should be terrible. Gene asks Duggan about the NWO and Duggan speaks directly to Poochie, Hogan. Duggan claims the first word his older daughter spoke was Hulkster, which I guarantee is a lie. Gene awkwardly makes a bad apple metaphor and sends us to break. This Saturday night, Chavo versus Flair. The Giant versus Brian Nobbs. Benoit versus Savage. Enter the horsemen when we return. Deborah doing her best beauty queen walk and smile. They're taking on Team WCW as promised last week. This immediately breaks down into a schmoz. We get about a minute and a half of in-ring action between Sting and Flair. Then we go to break as they continue to brawl. The break enters with Glacier doing karate. We come back and things have calmed down. Benoit starts with Sting. He gets surprised by Sting's quick offense and tags in Flair. Flair and Savage then just brawl over to the VIP table where they awkwardly fight until Savage dumps the entire tray of fruit over Flair's head. This is legitimately just chaos. Flair tries to leave. Macho follows and drags him back to the ring. Flair tags in Mongo. Savage tags in Luger. Oh! Shoulder block goes nowhere. Then a fun botch as Mongo stumbles on the push-off from the headlock and almost loses his head, falling through the ropes to the floor. Flair tags in. Luger no-sells everything. A big vertical suplex gets a two for Luger. Benoit comes in and beats Luger down in the corner, so Savage just comes in and beats up Benoit. Flair tags back in. Luger is kind enough to sell for Benoit's chops in the corner. Sting comes in and chews on Flair's forehead in the corner. A drop kick by Sting, then Flair gets superplexed. Mongo comes in and beats up Sting, then tags in Benoit. A big side suplex gets a two count. Flair comes in and puts Sting in the figure four. Flair slaps Sting because he's a dummy, and that fires Sting up. They roll across the ring until Flair can grab the ropes to break the hold. In comes Benoit, who continues working on the leg of Sting. A beautiful snap suplex by Benoit gets a two count. Then a strange, almost lion tamer by Benoit. Instead of rolling Sting over onto his stomach, he rolls him basically onto his shoulder. Uh, and So he's like almost doing a kind of a headstand on his shoulder on the side of his head. Anyway, Jimmy Hart then runs to ringside to demand that a cameraman go backstage, and then he has a conniption fit on the apron to get Team WCW to go out back as well. We finally cut to the back, and Arn Anderson is down. Hall and Nash are beating Marcus Bagwell with baseball bats. They hit Scotty Riggs in the face with a stage light, and in a lot of folks' favorite Rey Mysterio spot ever, Nash catches him jumping off the trailer dock and lawn darts him into the side of the trailer he ran out of. They then get in a limo. Savage hops onto the roof of the limo, and it drives off with Savage on top. 
everyone rushes to the back to check on the people who are getting beaten up. It doesn't seem like it was that far a distance, but it took them forever to get back there. Back from break, and the same thing is still happening. Women is weeping over the corpse of Arn Anderson. Sting and Luger are checking on Bagwell with some purple beshirted medics. Then a fire truck shows up for some reason. Not an ambulance, mind you. A fire truck. Alexander Wright then continues to check on Scotty Riggs, and Eddie Guerrero looks after Rey Mysterio Jr. Then the ambulance shows up as Rey Mysterio shouts that he saw four of them. Rey, just because it was two guys that are twice your size doesn't make it four people. This segment, by the way, is going on far too long. Even Tony wants to do something else, but says he was told they'll have to stay with this. Gripping. Gripping television this is. And again, I'm not sure that the people in the crowd can actually see what's going on. Mysterio continues to mumble that there were four guys as he gets loaded onto a stretcher. To prove how real this is, they remove Mysterio's mask. Because... Reasons. I guess. Alex Wright and Eddie argue about something as Alex gets into the ambulance to go with Ray. The horsemen continue to stand over Arn's dead body as Riggs gets loaded onto a stretcher. Mang then shows up out of nowhere, mumbling something, and he and Benoit begin to have an argument for some reason. Finally, we cut back to ringside. Tony says no one knows what the plan for the show is going to be at this point, uh, continues to harp on the ramblings of a guy with severe cranial trauma by saying there are four attackers, and then he sends us to break. Back from break, and for Christ's sakes, we're backstage again with the victims. Bischoff and Heenan are at ringside with Tony and Larry. Bobby gives us real talk, saying he will not do the broadcast tonight if his safety cannot be guaranteed. Eric says it cannot be guaranteed, and Bobby leaves. Really? Apparently your booth for hour two will be Tony, Larry, and Eric. Arn finally gets loaded onto a stretcher some half hour later as Bischoff harps on Mysterio, saying there are four guys... Riggs still isn't on a stretcher either. They rolled the stretcher over before the break, but he's still on a backboard on the ground. Eric also confirms that the fans at ringside can't see what's going on in the back, and they start to chant, boring, at the empty ring. Bischoff says he wishes there were monitors where they could show the crowd what's going on. You're the executive producer, Eric. I think you could have made that happen. I believe the crowd is now chanting, hey, let's go, as Arn is being loaded into the ambulance. Flair and Woman tag along with Arn. They eventually put Bagwell in the same ambulance as Anderson, uh, because I guess they could only afford to rent two. Uh, After an arduous wait, as they take Anderson off the stretcher he's on and move his backboard onto the bench in the back, and then put the other stretcher into the back, and then Eric sends us to another break. Back from break, and finally, some more wrestling. High Voltage and their uncomfortably low-cut singlets taking on these Steiner brothers. Rick Steiner looks despondent as they come out. Oh, for Christ's sakes, we go to the back again. They still haven't put Riggs into an ambulance. The bell rings, and Scott starts with the blonde guy from High Voltage. Rick Steiner is completely distracted by the idea that someone might come from the back and attack them. Scott yells at him to get on the apron. Scott tags Rick in, and Rick is still distracted. Rick is so distracted that he's wearing two different boots. Scott finally comes back in and cleans house. A butterfly suplex bomb, and he tags Rick back in. Rick seems to have found his focus. Scott cripples the brown-haired velocity guy with a vertical suplex into a tombstone pile driver and pins him for three. We then get a replay of Rick Steiner crushing that dude's face with a clothesline. An ambulance leaves as we go to break. 
We come back and go to ringside and our makeshift three-man booth for the evening. Eddie Guerrero was supposed to face Ray for the Cruiserweight title tonight, as I said earlier, even though he has a United States title match at Hog Wild. So instead of that, we get gay biker Bubba versus Eddie Guerrero. Eddie's trunks look mad. We go to break right after the entrances. Glad we're back to doing that. We come back for the bell, and Bischoff reminds us why Bobby isn't there. Uh, Bubba paintbrushes Eddie and tosses him. Eddie comes right back in and paintbrushes Bubba and tosses him. Bubba hits a huge flapjack and then drives a knee into Eddie's head. Bubba jaws at him and then gets a pin for two. Another pin gets a two. Eddie breaks out of a body slam and drives Bubba into the corner. He then back suplexes him, but Bubba quickly goes back on offense. Bubba then screams at the ref for counting him out for choking Eddie. Eddie counters another flapjack with a drop kick, but Bubba just clotheslines the hell out of him for two. So Bubba just chokes him some more. He then claws at Eddie's face. He then locks Eddie into a neck crank and then a body scissors. That's right. Big Bubba did a body scissors. Irish whip across and an avalanche in the corner. He teabags Eddie for two. Bubba bear hugs Eddie and then pancakes him for two. Small package by Eddie gets a two. Bischoff says now a number of people are reporting that there were four attackers. <sighs> we then get a nice peaceful chin lock on the mat. A tornado DDT takes Bubba down, then some jumping strikes. Jimmy Hart jumps on the apron as Eddie gets dumped into the corner. He tries to toss Bubba his megaphone, but fails, and Eddie hits a sunset flip and pins Bubba for three. Eddie leaves, Bubba gets mad at Jimmy, and they leave, and we go to break. We then get our first ever NWO-sponsored announcement and the debut of the classic NWO theme song. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. People are wondering who's going to be next. Don't call us, we'll call you. Yeah, it's invitation only there, chicos. What do you talk about the money? You talk about beating people up? Well, it's a new world order, and I hope it's okay, because there's nothing you can do about it. That's right. Power, fame, <laughs> money, and now our own corporation. You know, think about it. N-W-O. We're new. We're taking over world championship wrestling, and we're giving all the orders. It's the new way. Is that okay, Billionaire Ted? You don't like it? Come and fight. Is WCW even going to fight it? We're just going to take it. We make the choices. Wait for the call. <laughs> you know, Billionaire Ted, with all of Ted's horses and all of Ted's men... You're not going to be able to put the WCW back together again. I see it like this. Everybody wants to know who is next. Look at the third man we deliver. Everybody wants to know who's going to be four, who's going to be five. Is it another outsider? Or is it somebody right in the CNN center? We don't need you. We don't want you. We'll take you when we want you. These WCW guys, this Sting and Lex, they got soft. They living in Billionaire Ted's Country Club. Take a look at us. We have to fight, scratch, and claw for everything we got. And boys, we want you. I think the whole world wants to know one thing about Lex Luger. Hey, Lex. Bloody a bitch! Bloody a bitch, Lex! You guys know something? I almost forgot something that's really important. On August 10th, 
I'm wrestling the giant. Oh, I forgot. It slipped my mind. I mean, the WCW heavyweight title is on the line. That means, gentlemen, in one given night, we get to beat up the best that the WCW has, gentlemen. I find it quite ironic that the WCW could be so weak to beg, to plead, to cry out to the giant that he's their last hope, that he's their only chance of surviving the wrath of the NWO. On August the 10th, hog wild, brother, on that night, the outsiders become the insiders, and with 500,000 Harley Davidsons by their side, the NWO will establish itself as the greatest wrestling organization on the earth, brother. You know, in Sturgis, me and the big man, we're going to take care of a little grudge man. You know, Sting, you painted face punk. You've been whining and crying about how much you want us. You get your partner, you get Luger, you two punks, you get all pumped up. And Chicos, you want us. Don't sing it. We call it Armageddon. The genesis has begun. It's a new beginning. The beginning of the new world order. And on one given night, as you two amigos destroy the top talent in the WCW, the giant shall crumble and fall at Hulk Hogan's feet. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. They really took that WWF billionaire Ted joke and ran with it, huh? This is also, by the way, the debut of the Hollywood Hogan facial hair, you know, the bleached horseshoe mustache with the perfectly groomed black beard stubble. Uh, we come back and we're informed that Bischoff has left. Tony reminds us again what happened back in hour one. We then get basically a full replay from Jimmy coming to ringside until Rey Mysterio plays jarts. Arn Anderson was apparently supposed to face the giant for the world title tonight. Again, as they mentioned earlier, again, Lord knows why, but instead we get Greg Valentine. Great. You know, guys, I really think Greg has a shot tonight. And then we go to break. We come back for the full moon and the bell. Nick Patrick hands the world title to Jimmy Hart because even Nick Patrick knows how this match is going to go. Valentine starts on the offensive until Giant nearly takes his head off. Giant chokes him in the corner, whips him across. Valentine avoids the charge and hits a double axe handle, but he goes back up top and Giant recovers and choke slams him off the buckle. He choke slams him again for good measure and pins Valentine for three. Yup. Giant threatens Hogan in the camera. That was literally the entire match. We go to Mean Gene to close us out. He's in the ring with Giant and Jimmy Hart. Giant does a Hulk Hogan impression for some reason and then calls Hogan a con man. Gene talks to Jimmy and Jimmy screams. Gene then sends us home and we get another replay of the lawn dart that freeze frames right after Ray hits the trailer. Nice, guys. Real nice. This had so much potential, but they wasted so much time backstage in the middle of the show we did not need three or four entire segments in the back watching people get tended to 
just tell us that we'll check back and throw something in the ring. I get that you're going for realism for what it is in professional wrestling, but good Lord, that was a painful slog of segments. Even still, this episode somehow has a 6.57 on Cage Match and pulled in a 3.1 TV rating. Uh, if you go back and watch anything, ugh, I guess make it Eddie versus Bubba. There was really nothing going on in this episode. Uh, meanwhile, over on the USA Network, we are one week old from Seattle, Washington, with episode number 170 of Monday Night Raw. Vince McMahon in... Vince McMahon informs us that Ahmed Johnson has a ruptured kidney from the attack last week by Farouk Assad. Sid defeats Justin Hawk Bradshaw by disqualification. Sonny introduces us to Farouk Assad, the modern-day gladiator. Vader pins Mark Marrow. Clarence Mason continues to rally for a mystery superstar. The Stridex biggest slam of the week is Sid beating up Bradshaw and Uncle Zebakaya from 20 minutes ago. James E. Cornette and Jose Lothario talk crap to each other in the ring. Aldo Montoya and Jerry Lawler agree to a rematch from Superstars next week on Raw. The British Bulldog pins Henry O'Godwin. Mark Henry sets a powerlifting record with a 903-pound deadlift. Undertaker and Mankind will face off in a boiler room brawl at SummerSlam. Steve Austin defeats The Undertaker by countout when Mankind attacks The Undertaker. Why that wasn't a disqualification, I do not know. Austin then gets tombstoned anyways. Uh, this episode of Raw grabbed a 4.82 out of 10 on Cage Match and pulled in a 2.1 TV rating. Also, on July 29, 1996, Captain Lou Albano turned 63, Scott Steiner turned 34, funny they didn't mention that on the show, and it was the 14th anniversary of the death of Harold Oddjob Sakata, who wrestled as Tosh Togo in the 50s and 60s before going on to play the iconic Bond villain. And that wraps up July 29th. We have been given absolutely zero information as to what occurs on next week's Nitro, except to say that it's the go-home episode for Hogwild. Uh, speaking of which, I looked up Hogwild on Wikipedia while I was writing this episode, and the home video release features Hulk Hogan on the cover in full red and yellow, sitting on his red and yellow Harley. Come on, marketing. Get it together. Anyway, next week is the Go Home Nitro, so I will be able to finally tell you who my guest will be on that episode. Very exciting. Until then, however, you can come and see me live and in person. I only have one thing during the month of July, which is on Sunday, July 29th, uh, as Atlantic Pro Wrestling uh, does their yearly show as part of Newbury uh, Old Yankee Homecoming. Uh, so that's in Newbury, Mass. on Sunday, July 29th. That's all that I have in uh in july funny how that works out this is the july 29th episode and that's the only date that i have for you anyway in addition to this fine program there's a whole bunch of other programs that are part of the questionable endeavor network over at questandnetwork.com personally i recommend this one hey Atta, do you like anime i do like anime what about you i love it well if you love it so much why don't you marry it you piece of shit we kind of did marry it we did by making a podcast it ain't a healthy marriage it controls our lives and that podcast is the reanimator pod that's r-e-animator pod and you can hear new episodes every monday and here's a little taste it's alice in wonderland meets inception with an acid infused edm rave twist I like it. Is what I wish I could say. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I the shot my load too early there. <laughs> 
Hotaro then asked Yuma, Are you turned on? <laughs> Not in that deep a register. <laughs> but that's what she asked her. Are you turned on? Turned on yet? <laughs> well, guys, are you turned on yet? If not, I'll keep going. All right. Today, we are going to start. <laughs> well, I, I We're going to start snoozing. I tried to make a dramatic pause. If you enjoy this show, if you enjoy the Rundown or Glow Stick or NXT Revisited or even WrestleMania Salvation, please consider donating to the cause. Every dime you send goes back into the feed to keep our Potomatic hosting up and running. To make a one-time donation, visit paypal.me slash rundownwrestling, or you can sign on as a monthly donor by going to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. Your donations are greatly, greatly appreciated, and we thank you from the bottom of our cartoonishly moth-filled wallets for all your help. If you want to leave feedback about Nitromania, you can contact me on Twitter at NitromaniaPod, N-I-T-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-P-O-D, or by email at NitromaniaPod at gmail.com. And until next time, folks, thank you for listening. I hope you continue to listen, and I will talk at you next time right here on Nitromania.